This episode of GameScoop is sponsored by Squarespace. If you're looking for a way to make your business stand out and succeed online, Squarespace is the all-in-one website platform for you. They take the stress out of creating an awesome website, engaging with your audience, and selling anything from products to content to time so you're able to focus on, you know, everything else. In other words, you'll have more time for gaming. With the new guided design system, you can choose from curated layouts and styling options to build a unique online presence from the ground up, optimized for every device. And with Squarespace's integrated, optimized SEO tools, you'll show up more often to more people. Squarespace doesn't just make things easier for you. Checkout for your customers is made seamless with simple but powerful payment tools that allow you to accept credit cards, PayPal, and Apple Pay. And in eligible countries, offer the option to buy now and pay later with Afterpay and Clearpay. So whether you're just starting out or looking to expand your existing brand, be sure to visit squarespace.com for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, go to squarespace.com gamescoop to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. That's squarespace.com gamescoop for 10% off. You know, when it comes to wireless carriers, sometimes what you see isn't always what you get. Except with Visible. With Visible, what you see is exactly what you get. If you haven't heard of Visible, well, now you have. They're the wireless carrier that's making wireless visible. It's in the name. With Visible, there are no hidden fees, no fine print, no hassle, nothing to hide. It's just $25 a month, all taxes and fees included. And you don't need more than one line of wireless to save. You can save on a line all to yourself with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. And again, just $25 a month. The future of wireless is here and it is transparent. If you want more transparency in your wireless plan, you want to be on the Visible plan. Switch to Visible today and save at Visible.com. That's Visible.com. Monthly rate on the Visible plan. For data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. What's up, everybody? Welcome to IGN Game Scoop. I'm your host, Damon Hatfield. With me this week is Ryan Geddes. Hey, guys. Greg Miller is here. Scoop! And Levi Buchanan hey now. is here. One of our favorite people in the entire world is joining us. It is episode 201. Wow. A space odyssey. Yes. Last week we celebrated uh, episode 200 of GameScoop. Hard to believe. Amazing. Um, so we start on another, uh, you know, another century of, of GameScoops here with 201, and uh, it's getting off to a bittersweet start. Actually, we're very excited for what the future has in store for us. But at the same time, nothing lasts forever, ladies and gentlemen. GameScoop listeners, one and all. Levi Buchanan has something he would like to tell you. After, uh, after eight awesome and fulfilling years, uh, today is my last day at IGN. What? <laughs> this is how you tell me? <laughs> <laughs> and where are you going, Levi? I am uh, joining Chilingo, uh, the publisher of games uh, like Angry Birds and Cut the Rope. Mm-hmm. Angry, what is it? I've never, I've never heard of this one. It's a baby game. Oh, really? It's for babies. Huh. <laughs> it's for the 3DS? Yes. Yes, today is uh, today's your last day at IGN, yes, it is. isn't it? Can't, you drove down uh, late last night. Yeah, I drove down last night, wanted to uh, spend my last day uh, here in the office with you, uh, with you gentlemen. We do appreciate that. Very sad to see you go, Levi. You know, we, you know we're madly in love with you. Thank you. And the listeners it's are madly in love with you, too. Lots of listeners wrote in uh, some of their favorite uh, memories. Uh, Levi, I didn't know what they were doing, though. You did it all sly-like. Yeah, I just asked. I said, hey, Levi's going to be on the show tomorrow. What are your favorite Levi moments? Uh, Listener, there's this listener named Matt Jones. Oh, I've heard of him. I know him. Heard of him. 
He remembers the time uh, we held a contest for the listeners to name your dog. That's right. You you rescued a dog with a broken leg. Yes. And then there was a contest to name it, and then you did not accept the winner. Yeah, I think the, you the wife the overruled it, didn't <laughs> Yeah, yeah. That tends uh, to happen. Yeah, the winner was uh, Waffles, which <laughs> I thought was the best name in the universe. It's a and, great name. Uh, when it's just me and him alone, I'll sometimes still, hey, what's up, Waffles? <laughs> <laughs> you and I know. You and, you and I know. Uh, yeah, it was overruled, uh, but the winner still got their prize, which was um, Arkham Asylum. Mm, Wait, what name did, was chosen in place of the GameScoop winner's name? Pancakes. No, unfortunately. <laughs> Blackjacks? Uh, Finnegan. Which was fine. I was like, that's yeah. a great name. That's great. But yeah. then one time I was walking by, uh, walking through the living room, and uh, she was watching Glee, and the main character's name is Finn, and I just about lost my shit. I'm like, we did not just name this dog after the lead character of Glee. Did. Um, Trevor Thompson says uh, he wants to count every episode of Retrocity as yes. his favorite Levi moment. I love those. Those were so much fun. Trevor says he still listens to those podcasts. I appreciate he still that. like goes back and like listens to them. They're That's a fun line. They're, they're in a time capsule. Levi's voice they're is only like, so soothing. They're only right? like five minutes long each. Yeah, they're right? short. They're like really 20 short. minutes. I think, yeah, like, there were a couple that, that stretched out to about 20 minutes. But yeah, most of them I try to keep really just really short. It's good. Uh, now I don't remember this. Justin Doss says he loves your Woody Allen impression. I don't remember you doing this. It was just, it was one, uh, I think it was a few months ago, just did it really briefly. And I don't remember the context. I don't either. It, but... Is he doing it now? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Justin would like to hear you do it again. I don't want to put you on the spot. Oh, but, uh, um, uh... <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's this old joke. These two women at these That was good. I that can was see good. Why, why Justin likes yeah. it. Uh, Adrian Jimenez, I, you, I think you told this story on Knockin' Boots, you must have. When you Let's, saw your, yeah, no. your first muff on Playboy? Oh, oh there's that story. There's a couple of Knockin' Boots stories. So. You, you, you said you blacked out for days and woke up as a man. I, that's correct. That's <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it was unreal. Like, I, I had to rebuy that issue. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Steven Strom says uh, he liked the story about how you met your wife. Yes. This is a compl- for the complicated like romantic comedy it scenario, was, it, wasn't it? it more, I don't know if it was complicated, but maybe a little more trashy. Okay. <laughs> it wasn't trashy. It was sweet. So it's kind of like yeah. a 90s movie. Yeah. Where like, there's really bites too. There's a rave or something. It's or a house big party. house party. Yeah. It's... She's married. There yeah. Were, there were guns involved. Yeah. And MDMA. Steven also liked your joke about all girls being tense in the dark. I don't. That's true. You know. That's true. <laughs> The other, the other thing that he really liked is something I don't know if you want me to bring up, but he likes that story. Yeah. <laughs> Connor Davenport. I know him. I know him, too. Friend of ours. Came and hung out with us in the office. He did? He liked Greg's Levi rant in episode 74. Yeah. As well, soon as I knew you didn't like Pat Upon, I'm like, this guy only has five more years here tops. <laughs> like, this is the beginning of the five-year tailspin. <laughs> Just like the PSP. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. Um, what, but what were you ranting about? They was ranting because he didn't like Patapon. Yeah, that's he, what it was. he he read he read the ruins over playing Patapon. Yes. that was what he did. The ruins. Well, listeners that, that enjoy Greg's rant, stay tuned to later on in this episode. Mm-hmm. Greg has uh, fired up. I'm excited. I didn't know about this. Oh yeah. Uh, Greg's going to be taking a, a certain rapper from Kansas City to task. Uh oh. Yeah. Oh, don't even forget about my secret question that I'm yeah. going to bring up. You have that because someone else, a listener, wrote in about our bathroom etiquette. Okay. Too. I have another bathroom question to raise. Okay. At, later in the podcast. Oh man, we're just teasing all over the place today. Stick around. <laughs> you don't want to miss. Oh, we should also tease to something we have at the end of the podcast too. Yeah. Uh, well. Yeah. So yeah, we're we got lots of good stuff. Gonna, I'm just going to sit back and let you do. This your is a jam-packed hey, show. Hey, yeah. Ryan, this is me time. 
We've got a couple the, more memories. The man here. in the cardigan. <laughs> Sean Johnson loved when you sold almost all of your video game collection to benefit Haiti. Mm. Yeah. Sean said he almost won. He bought the IGN 360 instead. And finally, Kevin Moyle says, upon hearing the phrase, big black guy needs love, Levi said, I'll be right there. <laughs> <laughs> this is a Knocking Booth episode one, yeah. apparently. I didn't know you were in the first episode. That was good. Mm-hmm. Too bad. We, I, I do regret that we couldn't get you on another episode of Knocking Booth before you left. You can always be a guest star. That's true. Are you ever going to come down here again, Levi? Yes. Yeah, we'll be back in San Francisco. All right. So whenever you are, you can always be a guest on GameScoop or Knockin' Boots. Um, I'm determined to uh, break that tradition of, you know, where you like you, you leave a job and everyone's like, oh, yeah, we'll stay in touch. And then, like, you walk the door, whatever. <laughs> but, like, I'm not unhappy. I genuinely love and respect, you know, all of you. So I, I, I will be extremely upset if, if any of this, you know, goes away. So please keep trolling Levi on Twitter yeah. and Facebook and everything. Go to else. the Chilingo forums and just yeah. rant and rave. Dear Chilingo, slow news day. Can you can you tell us anything about what you're going to be doing at Chilingo? Uh, yes. So I will be uh, the position is senior manager of developer relations, and I will be um, getting developers coffee. So maybe yes. <laughs> maybe the listeners. I don't. Maybe not everyone understands. Chilingo is a publisher. Yes. They publish. Indie games on the iPhone, yes, or on mobile platforms. Mm-hmm. So they do they do Angry Birds, Cut the Rope, Angry Birds, also? Cut the Rope. Those are the biggest hits, or those are the two. Missing? Those are the two big hits. Okay, like the two major top liners. Yeah. And so you're like a, a middleman between Schlingo and developers, or or how would you describe it? Um, I'm going to find out a lot more. Okay. But uh, I will be though definitely uh, looking for games, um, and then there's going to be uh, part of the job will be working with developers on polish and UI. Um, I'll help with uh, with the marketing as needed. Um, there's actually uh, the the list has like is like 12 deep of like all the different things that mm. I'll be uh, that I'll be doing. I'm, it's I'm very excited. I, and you're going to give IGN all of the exclusives. <laughs> well, I'm not in the media department, so no, I know. Yay, no. <laughs> I heard yes. I don't know what you uh, heard. That's all I heard. And yeah. I'll take <laughs> with me the memory. Sunshine, join yeah. it after the rain. <laughs> <Don't know. laughs> so to say goodbye to, to yesterday. yesterday. <laughs> um, all right, enough about Levi. Okay, Old. Yeah. Now, Damon, we got to start the pool of who will quit after episode 300. I know. Right? <laughs> Get us and look at you. <laughs> I don't like Patapon either. Yeah, that's what I was just going to say. Yeah, the five-year countdown although, clock is Although I hear you can pause Patapon 3. Mm-hmm. So maybe that will swing me back around. There you around go. That's what you needed. That's what you're back into it now. Will Patapon 3 be on a system that you don't have to update every No, it's on the week? PSP. Oh. Yeah. Do you want to share your experience? Your, your iPhones. Um, your iPhones need to be updated too, don't they? Right. They do from time to time, but yeah. they still work, yeah. even if you don't. Yeah. <laughs> do you want to share your experience, Ryan, with when you decided to play Grand Turismo 5 the other night? Oh, yeah. It was, it was awesome. Yeah. I, um, I, had, I, had a free, I had a free hour or so, and I was so like, just you know hop what? on, just play I'm gonna Grand hop on GT5 and, for an hour. Yeah, I was like, I haven't played in a while, and uh, I really had the urge to like, collect some cars and, and race some cars and stuff. Mm-hmm. So I fire up my, my PS3. And uh, it spits a, out a bunch of dust. <laughs> there's, a, there's a firmware update that I need to uh, I need to download. So I download the firmware update. 
after I don't know a quarter of an hour goes by. Mm-hmm. Then I I get into the uh, game menu. Four updates are queued up for Gran Turismo Five. So when my hour was up, I still wasn't done. You turn off the system now because it's updating, updating everything. Yeah. I couldn't do anything else in the system. So yeah, it here's, basically screwed here's me. the thing, Geddes. I'm not sure if you're aware. But there's some. I mean, I've only been following a bit of it. There's some kind of some force <laughs> called GeoHot or something. That's, it's just attacking. It's it's so, attached so, itself to PS3s or something. So they're trying viruses. to figure it. That's yeah. the viruses. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're protecting me. Is what they're doing. You they're think I'm time you, now. you think I'm mad? But you actually summed it up. I thought in a great way on your tweet because your tweet was 140 characters. That's always the crux of my argument when you do this. Yeah. It's just that your tweet was, and I won't say it word for word, obviously, but it was something along the lines of that the firmware scheme is actually brilliant. Firmware and game update scheme is actually brilliant because it punishes you for not playing your PS3 anymore. Yeah, I mean, it, it makes me go, all right. And actually, somebody responded to me on Twitter and was like, you know, I upgraded to PS or to PlayStation Plus yeah, yeah. specifically Background down so I wouldn't yeah, yeah. have to deal with this. And he said, I feel like a whore for doing it or whatever, but I, I'm, I'm much happier now. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, come on, roll that out to the entire user Agreed. base. That, that's, just, that's just crappy. Anyway, enough about that. No, why? You, yeah, let's not talk about video games anymore. <laughs> no, sorry, I, I just don't want to. I don't want to rant any about the same, talk we the same have. thing. Every it's time, not a but. rant, though. I don't think it's a rant. Like it, it's yeah. an it's a interesting not argument, I guess, but like where is the line in the sand? How I like the idea that people can update their games, but it is a total bitch. And so are installs and so are firmwares. So it is one of those things. When I come home and I know, like I you know I wanted to play uh, I think Dragon Age the other day or Crisis, and I came home and. I was going to play it hours later, but the first thing I did was turn on my system, put the game in, that, there's an install, yeah. let it go, and then I cook dinner and I watch TV and then well, I was ready to play it. There's, there's two things for me. One, I think that overall Sony's user experience is garbage. Mm. Like, it's just not, it's not friendly. It, it's, it doesn't, I totally agree. It doesn't make me happy to turn the system on and, and play around with it. And like, the, the, it would be a lot easier even if they did something simple like say, put the, use, put, put the system update button like really big right there, bottom of the screen, I can just click it and I'm done instead of having to go over into the system and click, you know, system menu, There's find it. There's a lot it. of steps. There's a lot it's, of steps. It's annoying. Also, the whole point of consoles in the very beginning was to get us away from this PC-like system of constantly updating. Do I have the right stuff? And you know, it's like it's the same this kind is, of like thing. Is like, do you have? Do I have the right drivers installed? Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. I don't have to go find them. They provide them for just me. Put in your cartridge. You turn just, it on. You're ready to go. Click it on. Game sit tape. back with your beer or your coffee or whatever, and just play. It's but no, I don't. I'm not able a to bigger play issue right away. for me overall because I think the more you use it, the more you understand it. And I think that's that's always the argu- the argument me and Dame will have when we want to for some reason shoot the shit about. Xbox versus PS3 is that whatever you use makes more sense when I try to use the 360 I'm like I don't understand where this is or where that is but that's just because I never use it the problem I have with the PSN overall is that the download speeds are so slow compared to Xbox Live I don't understand how Xbox Live downloads so fast and PS3 doesn't because isn't it because it's the service you pay for on Xbox Live so they put more they, they have better or yeah, they give you more bandwidth. I don't know. Like, I don't know. I mean, I don't. I think sil- would silver members get a slower download speed yeah. on Xbox Live than than gold members on on title updates? I I've I I've, argue, I've tried to argue. I told Scott Lowe I wanted to do a feature where we would s- compare them, download stacking on each system, and see how long mm-hmm. it took. And he started ran- going into all these all this minutia of why that wouldn't work and why that wouldn't be a fair comparison. Did you go into the matrix. And then I, whenever I talk to people at Sony about it, they say the same thing too. They try to blame my internet speeds. Oh, but when I see yeah. my Xbox, of ooh, course, because I hear my Xbox. <laughs> go so quickly. Yeah. I but see it, my Xbox. Is it the speed of it or is it just the size of the updates? Is it just that? It, yeah, the thing that the point here is But I'm talking do, about downloading games. Do we have to have why do we have to have all these updates all the time? 
to have to make these games no, work right. It seems like it should just be if it, it, console updates should be like quarterly or something. Yeah, you know, I mean it should be scheduled and just Gran Turismo Five. Why are there four updates stacked? When I, I played it like a couple months ago. Like, that's not well, that long of a time. That's because Gran Turismo 5 wasn't the best product when it came We're out. Exactly, <laughs> but that's a problem, right? Yes, totally. Like, any of the why four game... updates, though, content-related? Or I don't know. They all... oh, you don't know. You don't know what you, you download. Tell you no, download. they don't tell no. you download. And Here's I can't what... say, no, I don't want that one. If, if I want to play that game, I have to install those downloads. I have to install yeah, those updates. That's crazy. Here's something that's really nice. You know, uh, on iPhone, iPhone apps and games are constantly being updated. But in every update, you can see what's being added. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's nice. Before you update. That's what they should be doing and on consoles. Can... So you see exactly what it is that you're downloading. Yeah. Right? Yeah, you could play, uh, you know, the original, you could play the, the game that you downloaded for the next three years. You never have to Yeah, you to never update. have to update. That's I true. Mean, and if I wanted to be offline, I could. You know, I, I could just unplug my internet or turn or turn my, you know, PSN off if yeah. I wanted to play the game, but I don't know. That's that's a workaround. We mm-hmm. we're used to seeing our friends online and you know being yeah, you able to see, see our trophies and yeah. all that stuff. So anyway, yeah, that happened. So we solved that, right? Yeah, we, we solved fixed that. Issue. Fixed. Okay. Next. Uh, speaking of Patapon Three, yeah, what's going on with your review? Or review, Greg. I want to review it. Like I'll, you want to? I want to review it real bad. Okay, but then I you can't can. yet. Approved. There's no. The servers just went on live. On live. On, they, the servers just went live, and since nobody has the game yet, there's no one to play on yet. And the Patapon Three, one of their big thrusts this time is online multiplayer, which I know sounds juvenile to everyone else, but this is a big deal for the PSP. Not many games ever support servers and stuff like that. So it's really cool and it's really interesting, but the game's huge and I don't have people to play with. So I gave away a bunch of codes to some listeners that are joining me this weekend Hmm. for an IGN Patapon tribe. We're getting our clan together. You can make clans in the game and we're going to play through it. But I'm doing a review in progress where I'm updating every day with uh, impressions and stuff because I'm not going to have it ready for launch day on Tuesday, but I want people to have an idea of it. It sounds like something they're into. Thank you. Yeah. Now maybe you can do it, huh? Okay. Are you going to stay, Levi? You, you like Patapon now? Yeah. <laughs> no, I just think that's uh, what a neat thing to do to, to work readers into a review. I think that's cool. Mm, yeah, it's easy crowdsourcing, and then when I want to do second opinions, I can just email them back mm-hmm. and say, give me your opinion on the game. And then when they're, so heads up, everybody. everyone disagrees with the review, you can be like, hey, is you it, reviewed it. It's, <laughs> it's all your experience that ruined it for me. So Patapon 3 is out on Tuesday. Correct. Um, what got to be one of the last big PSP games, isn't it? Like, what else is coming after that? Yeah, we already got Dissidia. We already got Third Birthday. Uh, Valkyria Chronicles 3 is out in Japan, but I Whoa, don't really? think they've announced uh, they US They announced that, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So They're I really that, cranking that, those out, yeah. aren't they? Yeah, yeah. Well, they didn't... They, uh, Caleb sat down and tried to teach himself Japanese throughout that game to play the demo <laughs> 3, and he says they've changed a lot, but it looks a lot like the other one, so... Which was great. Last, yeah, Valkyria was 2 was great. So. That's great. I like but I don't things. know what they'll do with that. Yeah, it's, it's interesting to... You think we'll see another uh, console version, Valkyria? No, no, I really doubt it. I think it'll. Not gonna I, think see... it'll I think you'll see an NGP version or whatever. Mm. Not going to see trophies for it either. Yeah, yeah, they're never going to add those silly people. Another thing about the PS3 that's like, not every game just has trophies. Isn't that bizarre? Yeah, well, they totally, added them late. Yeah, totally bizarre. I don't understand why more people don't go back and re-add them. I know. Well, I guess then you have used game sales. Uh, get us. Yes. There's a, a Gears of War three beta. Is about to start. Shit, I gotta go. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> yeah, it's, it starts uh, uh, April 18th. If you bought the Bulletstorm Epic Edition, that's when it which was the Xbox 360 version of Bulletstorm, right? Uh, yes, uh, but e- e- if you, that's not the only way to get into the beta. So a- mm-hmm. April 18th is when the 
Gears of War 3 beta starts for people who bought the Epic Edition and still had their disc and their code and everything. Uh, and then April 25th, the following week, is when anybody who pre-orders Gears of War can get into the beta. So mm-hmm. pre-order it at GameStop or whatever the participating retailer is in your country, wherever you are, and then you'll get a code and you can get into the beta the following week. So it's, it's a four-week-long beta. And uh, if you get, we get a lot of questions. If it's bullets, if you, if I buy Bullet Storm and I get in that way, am I cut off the last week of the beta? No, it's <laughs> a, you're, if you're in, you're in through the whole thing. So, um, so do, is there an end date for the beta? Like after yeah, it starts officially, it's May twenty fifth. It's May something. It's mid May. Like it's a like a month ish. essentially. Okay. Yeah, I gotcha. It's in the fact we have a fact up. Gears of War. Uh, Gears of War 3 beta guide or something is the name of the, tar- the article on IGN so go there and it has everything you need to know how concerned is Cliffy B that you know Monday there's going to be all these people playing and then Tuesday SOCOM comes out so just he's really <laughs> sweating that yeah. a lot yeah <laughs> he's been really quiet on Twitter lately because he just must be thinking about did, it oh, wait, did, my, no. did my PS3 copy of Bulletstorm come with this beta code too I didn't I, didn't I think not see. that would have been not. awesome though wouldn't that have been if radical they, if they messed up <laughs> no they did it on purpose uh, great. fuck it here you go <laughs> you probably have a 362 is this the first multiplayer beta they've done for Gears? Yes. Now, these have worked though exceptionally well in the past for Halo, for Halo games. Yeah. Well, it depends on the developer, right? So, I mean, it's worked really well for Bungie mm-hmm. because they are actually trying to get information from the beta and work it in. To, you know, they're doing a lot of testing. I mean, we just don't know how... What, Epic has no track record with using multiplayer beta data to make the multiplayer better for release. But doing it is certainly better than yes. not. <laughs> yeah, in fact, like a lot of people have been calling for them to do multiplayer beta ever since Gears 2 came out because there were so many problems with the online multiplayer in Gears 2. Uh, they listened. I mean, they really did. They listened to people's complaints about that. They listened to people. People wanted dedicated servers. They wanted the host advantage to go away. They wanted all these things to change with the way the multiplayer is set up. They did all those things. So, I mean, if the beta goes well and they take all the information they get gain from that and, and work it into the final product, I think that it'll be great. I mean, yeah. I, the multiplayer is great right now. I've played it a couple it? times now. I'm sorry, not the, the beta, but I've played, I've played at Epic with mm-hmm. their developers. I played at an event here in San Francisco. I was with you. We played together at San Francisco. Oh, at the event. Yeah, yeah. you were there. What did you, kept, you What did you think of it? You kept screaming, look out for the Warhammer or something. I was like, what are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, Greg was just spinning in circles up against a wall, like uh, just not doing anything. Look well, at Greg, these textures. <laughs> Greg is known for not being a big shooter fan. Um, yeah. But this is a third-person shooter. Is that maybe I like third-person games. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I've always thought Gears is pretty. Me and Levi actually Very ran through Gears 2 together, yeah, wasn't we it? we finished yeah. up Gears 2. I, uh, we, played all, we played for like six hours straight that one yeah. night. And like two in the morning, we're like, fuck this. <laughs> we're not doing this. <laughs> we were like one level away from the end too. So tired. Yeah, we're, we're done. Did you ever finish it though? I did finish it okay. offline. You finished it the next day without me. Yeah, jerk. That uh-huh. Awesome Brumac ride. Oh god. See, and this is another, the other question. This is how you're ending. this? We haven't seen any of the single player stuff yet at all. I mean, they Nothing released the trailer, um, but they've not they've not shown any of the single player gameplay or anything. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I'm assuming we're going to see a lot of that at E3. E3 yeah. And we also haven't seen the revamped be- or horde mode. We know they're going to include beast mode now, which is the uh, from the Locust perspective, Horde mode. Finally. Uh, right. You've always wanted what is their story? to play as a ticker. Uh, <laughs> leaving their larva behind. Actually playing as a ticker is awesome in these. But, uh, so, yeah, there's lots that we don't know about the game. comes out in September, though, so we've got a lot of time to... So I wonder, um, when Gears, both Gears 1 and Gears 2 came out, I thought both of those games at the time were the best-looking console games I'd ever seen. Mm-hmm. But now Crisis 2 is out looking really, really good. So I wonder if Gears 3 is, again, going to like set the bar for... I don't know. Visuals I mean, on consoles. W- multiplayer, of course, it's a little different because it's yeah. not quite, they can't pay yeah. quite as much attention to yeah. all the little details. But uh, I don't know. I've seen Crisis in action and I 
I have a hard time seeing Gears 3 do better than that. Mm-hmm. But my curious, so with Crisis though, do you think though it has a better sense of place though? Because that to me is what always blew my mind about about Gears was just it wasn't just that it was beautiful, but yeah, it's this talking, beautiful you realized world. If we're and talking I don't get that from sheer Crisis. graphics, then Crisis wins. But I agree with you. I think that, um, that yeah, the sense of place is better. I mean, a lot of people say oh, it was just a bunch of gray blocks. But the interesting thing about Gears Three is they're bringing a lot more color into the world now, and it's not just pops of color here and there. There's color kind of saturated into the environments. So you have like greens and blues and reds and yellows in the actual environments themselves that you really didn't have to speak of in Gears 1 and Gears 2. So that's what might make people have, Damon, that like moment again mm-hmm. where it's like, oh my God, Gears, Gears is beautiful, right? Because yeah. there's, all, I mean, there's, there's all these pops of color that you didn't have. Before. I think color is probably the most underrated thing in, in video games. You know, people don't talk a lot about, about the color in games, but probably because it's such an intangible, but I think color yeah. affects you almost more than anything. When you're when you're looking at a game when when it's used and music, I think, I think yeah. But between like really good uses of color and then like really well done sound mm-hmm. and music, I think those two things together can really make an experience. Great. I I mean I love the Gears world, and the thing is is that I I like it so much that even though I did not like Gears two, I still want to go back like to yeah. that to that world to that universe. So. And what's interesting about Gears three is there's a new there's a new writer Karen Travis who's a novelist. I wasn't a fan <laughs> of. Uh, um, the last game's uh, narrative, I thought it wasn't really. It was kind of ham-handed, and I, I'm really looking forward to seeing what she I have a delicious ham hand. <laughs> <laughs> Don't eat it, David. <laughs> uh, what, what, what happens with it? Because there is a lot to it, and we've we had this conversation with um, with Cliff um, during GDC about the world of Gears and t- telling stories in games, and and how there's so much fiction outside of the actual game world. There's the comic books and the novels and everything that there that a lot not a lot of that makes its way into the game itself. So I'm really hoping to see this kind of rich world that they've built actually in the game and part of the experience. So it's not just like, oh, cool, look at those pretty buildings. Let's shoot some monsters. Well, that's great that there's all the extra items, but it's not, it's not fair if you, are, if you have plot or narrative holes and you're just like, mm-hmm. oh, oh that's, we, we took care of that in the novel. I totally agree. Yeah, well, yeah. I'm not reading that novel. Yeah, I mean, what if you were watching a movie and it was like, I don't know what the hell's going on, and the guy next to you was like, "Well, didn't you read the comic that like came out right you just before described the movie? Superman Returns? <laughs> you just described <laughs> Superman really? Returns. Yeah, there was a four issue lead up to Superman Returns in comics that told more story than that movie did. Uh, <laughs> I worry that Dead Space does that sort of stuff too. Oh, well, right. Yeah, Tell but I got bored with Dead Space and... too because I was like, I don't know what's happening and I don't really care. Really? You got bored with that? Yes, it's the same story as the it first is, game. It is the same story. I'm I, in I a totally ship. agree with that. I'm, there's a woman directing me around. Why, why are you so I don't angry? know where I'm going. What do I do? There's aliens everywhere. Bored. That was really the only, yeah. that was the only slight disappointment for me. I, I finished Dead Space 2. I enjoyed it a lot, but I was disappointed by how similar it was. And you basically, are, you just have the same scenario yes, again. Exactly through. the same. The only with thing a I, less with a less interesting climax at the end for me. That was that was what undid. I mean, I I I had a great time with with Dead Space 2, but me too. I remember that last battle. I was like, I don't I don't necessarily know what i would have done yeah you know do you I, do I another just, big monster but I then love when you the get big to monster like, fight at the end of the huh. first one 
Okay, that's abstract and yeah. unsatisfying. It was, it was abstract and unsatisfying. Did he, Greg did he just though. describe Superman yeah, Returns? Yeah, I was fine with it. No, he didn't. I don't like me and Damon when we were talking about it. I, I don't remember the boss battle at the end of Dead Space One. Really? I rem- yeah, I remember being really frustrated awesome walking that goddamn marker back to slowly <laughs> oh, taking. Oh yeah, that's, that's yes. what I remember of Dead Space, and then obviously the kick with uh, the cinema at the end. But I don't mm. remember the fight, so that I didn't mind at all. And I was happy, and I was happy to have something abstract and different. I felt, you know what I mean? At I think end. I had like because the whole part of Dead Space. Is leading up to that fight, no spoilers. That was my favorite part of the game. Everything involving that thing, that fight at the end, was my favorite part of Dead Space Two. Hmm. So that's why I was fine with it. And then, but then he, he, the ending, ending is just like, oh, okay. Yep. All okay. Right, good, good game scoops. <laughs> thank you, Damon. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, moving on, I like this story. I like um, uh, EA calling out Activision about Call of Duty. The EA says uh, that Battlefield 3 is being designed to specifically to take down Call of Duty. They both are going to be coming out in November right around the same time. This is John Richitello speaking recently. He uh, says, This November we're launching Battlefield 3. It's going up against the next Call of Duty, which is presently the number one game in the game industry. A game that last year did $400 million in revenue on one day. Battlefield 3 is designed to take that game down. Chances of success. Yeah, Ryan Geddes. Like I don't care. Oh, okay. Uh, somebody, <laughs> when I saw this, somebody said it on Twitter, and I think it might have been one of our editors. I don't remember who it was. might have been an editor at another site. But they said, what, what's the point of saying this? What, why, why do we have to talk like this? Just make a great game. Just make an awesome shooter and don't worry about taking down others. Like, what if like he's not making the game though? He's not making the game, but it yeah. is his job to worry about it's, taking yeah, down he's the, firing the competition. Up investors. Yeah, yeah. I, I, what if it was like I don't know? This is like what if it was like Random House saying we've got a new book series for young adults. It's going to take down Harry Potter. I, like, I'm sure that their publicists do say things like that. <laughs> you think they say things like that? I think that's lame. Maybe not. I thought maybe it was not good. that boastful, I it was cool. but. I kind of like it too. I don't like people because working in a vacuum. And it's being it's, like, it's so weird to think of EA as the underdog. But in this in this situation, they are, you know, and I'm rooting for them. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Take down like, that big bully, Call of Duty. People are going to play Call of Duty just as much as they're going to they after Battlefield Three comes out as they ever would have before. I don't I don't really think of why does it have to be one taking down the other? Like why can't because they that's just, interesting. That grabs a casual person. That's conflict. That's what they're looking. It's drama. Yeah, four hundred million billion or million. Four hundred million million on the first day. First day. That's not people who. That's more than just people who check IGN and check four hundred million. What on the first day? Dollars. Dollars. In revenue uh-huh. on the, the release day for Black Ops. Okay, yeah, that that's huge. One in eight homes have Black Ops but in it. Battlefield Three is never gonna never gonna do that. Yes, but you're you're that's, that, point. so now you finally answered the question that I just asked you. <laughs> but I think the ago. better question is who cares, right? Like who, who the cares? people who only care about Call of Duty. This, I can, they don't I can care ma- about this. I can make the best superhero game in the world, and if I don't compare it to the most popular superhero game, the people who are googling the popular superhero game never hear about my game. One in eight homes have black ops. One in eight homes don't read IGN, one up, whatever, every day. But there aren't are we just playing into this like dumb pissing match between EA and Activision right now? Is what's our job in general? I don't know. Is it I think it's about the games. playing into somebody's marketing plan. It's about plan? the games. Like, it's not about what these CEOs say to each other, like about who's going to beat who. 
I like drama and I like totally. I like I like yeah. viewing conflict from a distance. So I, 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 I think that's it's just my, I, that's I think my it's, perspective. I think it's more interesting than just having them do their normal thing of like Battlefield Three is going to be great and that's the end. I'd rather yeah, see I mean, them. Be, yo, it, bro, it, it, yo, bro. <laughs> I know you like <laughs> Battlefields, so I made one, two, and a third, <laughs> <laughs> and a free one. <laughs> you get Battlefield Three, you also get Medal of Honor. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, what were we talking about? I don't know. I, I thought Levi was making going to make a point. So no, I, I didn't. I made a point. You, you sort of made. I mean, what do you want him? Just like, are you going to be as good as Black Ops? Just have him go. Uh, I don't know. We're going to. We're uh, going to try. try our best. <laughs> I don't know. What I hope he, we make a good game. What I mean, what if he said, "Hey, you know, people are going to go ahead and continue to play Call of Duty." Just like, That's let fine. the game speak for itself and just throw the mic down. Yeah, <laughs> that would be badass. Which too. Actually yeah, be kind of, man. I totally yeah. want that. That's exactly what I want. Get us, get us. Shoot for the moon. <laughs> you just might land on a star. Um, Minecraft has a release date. The game that has uh, is already out, already playable, has already made thirty-three million dollars in revenue. Nice. Has a release date. Well, I've been waiting for this beta to end, so yeah, I'm ready. It's still in alpha. We've been waiting for this alpha to end. Minecraft is an incredible success story. I was I was absolutely amazed when I found out it has already made thirty three million dollars. What's the story? Is it was this like developed by one guy? Or? Pretty much, yeah. Notch. When, what is he? What's his story? Has he made games before? Did he come from like? Where does he come from? Another Out planet? Of space? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I don't. I don't really know. I mean, Charles, Mr. Slime would be the one to to talk about that. He's our Radiant he's our cards. sort of in house in house Minecraft guy, but. The way I understand it, basically this dude made this game called Minecraft and put it out there, a beta out there, and he's already made $33 million off this. That makes me feel really that's so Yeah, cool. way to go, Neutron <laughs> Synergy. I know, right? Hey, our time will come. That's okay? really, I just think that's cool. That's, that's, that's such a great change. story. It's yeah. amazing. It's great. Yeah. It's really great. So and now, there's a great community around that game. Yeah. Like, this is the thing. It's people... Do you want him to come out? I designed Minecraft to take down <laughs> Call of Duty. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, Minecraft is now officially coming out on November 11th, the same day as Skyrim, or Skirm, as our news stories re- currently reads. Nice. Uh, yeah. You know, you can, uh, you can tame wolves in, in uh, Minecraft. I think you can in Skyrim, too. <laughs> if you're interested in the Minecraft, plenty of good how-tos on IGN.com, as well as a My IGN community that has made their own like world in it that you can go exist in. Also, Charles Zanya and I are going to be doing a special Minecraft video today that you'll be able to watch. More on that later. How many pickaxes are in it? Uh, more than you can count. Oh my God. Charles is going to be playing Minecraft. And I'm going to be asking him questions oh, cool. about it. So it's like, it's, yeah. if you don't know anything about what Minecraft is, watch this video. Is it a live stream? or I... It's going to start out as a live stream, and then we're going to archive the video, okay. too, so that everybody can watch it. And we'll, we'll have more information about that up online. If you're if you're listening to this now, you've probably missed the live stream. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it's cool because I, I the thing is, Charles sits over near me, and my ritual thing is he, he starts playing Minecraft, and I go over to him and start asking him dumb questions about it. And we were like, well, we should probably put this up as a video. So people who don't know what Minecraft is, who maybe aren't playing the game can get an idea of, of how it works and what makes it cool gotcha now let's talk about a release window for a game that people actually care about oh. demon disgaea 4 there you go how many millions of dollars is this, <laughs> is this designed to take down final fantasy <laughs> disgaea 4 is coming to the u.s in september it will be released in europe later this fall disgaea is my favorite turn-based strategy series greg miller uh, when Disguise is released, yeah. I'm going to be at home playing my PlayStation 3. Oh my gosh. Just nonstop. Can for, I give you, you a, a PlayStation 3? Can I give Obviously. you a bit of advice? Yeah. 
turn the system on the night before. Yes, 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 yes. yes, yes. Download all your firmware <laughs> updates, and when you when you do put the game in, despite the fact that you will have gotten the game two days before release, yes. you'll put it in. It will still have an update that it needs to go through it's before true. you're able to play. It. Yes, I'm sure. Spot on. No, I I will not. Uh, I'm not going to mess up mess this up. Okay. I Can love, I ask you a question? Love, love this guy. Yes. Do you have a, a a count, a rough count at this point of how many printies will be in the game? Uh. I, I, we don't have a final count, but I'm hoping that the release of Disgaea 4 brings more pretty underwear for our fan, oh, yeah. for our, our friend Julie to model for us. Yeah, always good. Uh, all right, really excited for Disgaea 4. Just a couple, couple quick news updates before quick we news. get to the uh, to the goodness. Operation Flashpoint delayed a month in, in the U.S. Delayed two months actually. There's trailer for it up on IGN right now. It's supposed to be out this month. Uh, it's now pushed back to June seventh, but still coming out this month in the UK, which means that you, you, we can still put up our review this month because we have UK team. Nice. Uh, Dungeon Siege delayed a month from May to June twenty first. All my big hitters getting delayed. Bunch of games have been pushed into June. Uh, Sounds gross. Hillary Goldstein says June is where games are sent to die. Well, they're coming out during E three. Well, that's right after E three, but okay. Duke Nukem comes out during E three. Yeah, Infamous two. June also? Yep. It comes out during E3, the 7th. Mm. Wow, really? Yep. Crazy. It's a big month for games. Is that a g- good move or bad move? Infamous wants to go up against Duke Nukem. <laughs> good move or bad move to what? To have it come out during E3? Yeah. I don't think Sp- the general public will care. Yeah. yeah. I think Duke Nukem is going to sell really Duke well. Nukem is going to sell It will well. sell well. Yeah. Sell it will not well. review well. No. Probably not. I think some sides will give it okay reviews, but... That's a that's a game that it might not need a great review. No, it doesn't. And it totally doesn't. It has enough. There's enough buzz. Everybody kind of is going to expect that it's going to be maybe not living up to modern expectations, but you know, it's like you know, whenever the tr- new Transformers movie comes out, nobody's really going to expect it to be good. Uh, also, out today is Dino D Day. Yes, Dino D Day. <laughs> yes. And speaking of things that you're listening to, if you're listening to this, you might have missed already. If you're in the UK, Kapow Comic Con. Yeah, go see, go to that. Comic Con is that is that happening this weekend? It's a, a Comic Con being held, put on by IGN in London. Yeah, so that'll be really fun. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, now we are joined by Jim Guthrie, the musician who provided the music for Sword and Sorcery, this hot new iPad game that everybody's talking about. Levi, you reviewed this uh, this game, this particular game, and you gave it a pretty a pretty fine score. I gave it a nine point five. That's almost as high a score as uh, the, the highest score you can give a game at IGN. There's just one more over it, and I toyed with it. <laughs> Did. Wow, that's great. So, Jim, uh, thank you for taking the time to talk with us on the show today. No problem. And congratulations on uh, on the soundtrack. It's really it's really quite a piece of work. I've I've played some of the game, not as much as both Ryan and Levi has, but already I'm totally uh, taken aback by how good the music is. Oh, thanks so much. I appreciate it. So Levi, for anyone who hasn't played it yet, you've you've reviewed the game for us. Mm-hmm. Give us a quick synopsis of what Sword and Sorcery is all about. Well, Sword and Sorcery, it's a on a game level, it's a point and click adventure. But there's a lot there's a lot of levels on top of that. There's the 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 meta level where there's a narrator that has the experience. Um, and then what really struck me about it is it it's not just it's this perfect marriage to me of of sight, uh, sound, and gameplay. It, it's not so much a video game as as an experience that has game and toy elements to it. Um, it's just one of those games I just sort of I, I fell into. Um, it, it really is striking to me. It's one of my favorite games of the last uh, the last year. Yeah, I would have to agree. Jim, I was wondering how you got involved with this project. Um, it actually started probably back in like 2003 or 2004. I had first met Craig 
Um, and Craig's the, of, the developer of the game? Yeah, he's, he's the main sort of artist mind, sort of mastermind behind the game. He's Super um, Brothers. Mm-hmm. And he had sent me a uh, postcard with some art on it to this little, like, um, I had a label, or I sort of helped ran a label back in the day, um, just this little indie label, um, Tree Gut Records. And uh, he had sent some art to the label because he really liked all the bands and stuff on the label, and I loved his art. So I sent him a bunch of my music, um, and some of it was actually the music that's in the game now. It's like some of the sort of early, um, just sort of odds and ends that I had, like instrumental stuff. Like so, and he really liked that stuff too. So we um, we've been in touch ever since. And uh, and then when the game sort of idea came along, uh, you know, he he asked me if I would do the music for it. You know, and, and so we, yeah, went from there. So, so how involved? So it's kind of started out with you saying, "Hey, I've got these odds and ends. I think they'd be really good for the vibe of what I've seen so far from the art." So, uh, how how involved were you then after the game actually took off and they started making and building the game and integrating the music? Did you pop in and say, "Hey, I think this this music would be better here," or "I've got another track that I'm working on," or did they did they just kind of take what you had already and integrate it into the game? You know, I think it's. It was uh, it was more um, of like a conversation the whole time. And I think that's what sort of makes it sort of like a really special game. And that uh, you know, first it started with a few tracks of mine that Craig really got inspired by and did a bunch of drawings and paintings to and stuff, and got the idea for the game going. And then once that art was done and he had a bunch of music that he liked, you know, we were sort of trying to ram the music into this game experience, and we didn't even really know what the game experience would be, although we just knew that we wanted the sort of music to be, uh, you know, really sort of like front and center and the art to really shine as well, obviously. And uh, and then after we got to that point, you know, I would make more music and we would just talk about what it is we were trying to do. But like I said, it's, this game was a real sort of mystery to us for a really long time. We Like that was a good thing. I sort of feel like the art was leading us Instead of you know we like we didn't know what kind of game we wanted to make right from the beginning, but we just knew we like you know we had a mood and a vibe yeah. in mind, and that was all we needed, I guess, to start. Well, I think it's still kind of a mystery to us too, the people who are who are playing it. I mean, I think that's yeah. what's that's what's cool about the game in a lot of ways. It's I, I, I'm you know I'm I guess two thirds of the way through right now, and, and I'm still not really sure what I'm what I'm playing right, but yeah. but I love the experience anyway. It's very atmospheric. And it, it, I felt like it's leading me into into this this world that I've never really experienced before. Um, yeah, and you know, I think that like we only had so much time, and we knew that there were sort of elements of the gameplay that we wanted to have in there for sure. Um, you know, and there's definitely things like we don't think it's a perfect game, um, and I think there's a lot of things that now you know, like now that it's done and it's out, there's all these things that we want to do, and we think about sort of all the gameplay aspects that we can, you know. But it was sort of more about like an experience yeah unless i mean there is you know like like a game in there um yeah but it's more about sort of a place that we wanted the sort of player to be in um and yeah so we just spent a lot of time on yeah on the art and the music and the sound design and just the sort of vibe you know so have you played a lot of games before you were involved with this project And, and if so were there things that are usually done in video game music that you wanted to stay away from or things that you wanted to actually uh actually do uh yeah you know i don't know i think it's 
That's a good question in the sense that, like, because sometimes you'll like the music in a game, not because music, like, not because the uh, music is great, but because the gameplay is great or the game is awesome, and it just sort of, you're just like, yeah, this music rules, even though it might not be something that you would listen to normally or, you know, but, um, but I think normally, like, it's kind of like the music serves the, the sort of game, like our game in the sense that, uh, yeah, like it's really less of a game and more so like an experience. You know, it's more like you're experiencing music and art sort of in motion or it's like an album that you can walk through sort of things, another way that we mm. used to put it. So um, I think when you think of it that way, it's hard to sort of compare it to other games that I've played in the past and sort of be like, this is what I wanted to do or this is what I didn't want to do because I've never really played a game, I guess. Or you know, there, there are some really well-done games that are really sort of artfully done, but, you know, most of the games I played growing up or ones I've played in the past, you know, are like, you know, just kind of shoot them, kind of puzzly, um, you know, like adventure games that have like really big soundtracks or really kind of like blippy soundtracks. And I think I tried to do both in the sort of score that I did for the game. But yeah, I don't know. There's a lot of good soundtracks out there, I guess. When, when you, when you first played the game, I don't know how the process worked. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm assuming there was lots of iterations of the game. It wasn't quite finished and the music was in and the music wasn't in, but like for me, like the Lone Star track is, a, is the, the piece of music that I really think of when I think about the game. Okay. And it, it's kind of become iconic to me. I don't know. I, even though I've, I've only been playing the game for, when is that first play? When you first uh, hear that in the game, I, I don't remember the exact moment. Um, Do you maybe, hear it in the first episode? Jim, maybe you can. Tell. Yeah, I think. Yes. It's after when it, you exit the. It's a song with the upright, the upright bass comes okay, in, yeah. Um, yeah. and then yeah. there's that cool little um, high pitched line that comes in. We'll play a little yeah. bit of it here, but when you're um, first going up the mountain. Okay, I know. Oh, okay. The, when you said upright bass, the I bear. Exactly yeah. what funny mean. I mean, when you saw that, when you saw that moment in the game and heard the music playing over it for the first time, did you? feel like oh this is it like this is something special or did you were you too close to it to really kind of know at that point yeah no you know i think there's the cool thing about the project in in the way that we made it like there were so many kind of surprises because like i said it was sort of a mystery to it the whole time we were just kind of following a sound or a or a vibe so yeah like when we when we put music and certain art um when we sort of like married those two things and sort of saw like a you know like a like a build uh, um, in the early stages. Yeah, there was like some really huge moments for us. We were just like, this is so cool. Like, this is exactly why why we're doing this. This is, you know, this is, this sort of hits, hits a, you know, hits a point that we, you know, we sort of knew that we could, yeah, like I've learned that it's really hard to make a game, you know, and it's, it's a lot harder to make a game than it is a record. There's just so much involved that, uh, so, I mean, yeah, like, for me to see these things sort of come to life um, over a really long process of trying to, like, uh, you know, just, um, like, you get an idea and then you have to sort of, like, problem solve it until it's dead, basically. And then it all of a sudden comes to life and nothing breaks or there's no bugs, you know. And so, yeah, there was a few moments like that for sure where we were just like, this is the coolest thing. Like, we were just so happy with ourselves, so... One of the things that oh sorry go ahead Damon I was just gonna ask Jim are you are you a fan of uh, the movie The Thing the John Carpenter version huge because uh, some actually some of the soundtrack kind of reminded me of the score to to that yeah no I, I I would I would be lying if I said I didn't love that soundtrack and <laughs> uh, that soundtrack yeah. when you have that bass line that's like doom 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 
That, that totally yeah. made me think of the thing. It's like it's that good. kind of old, in a g- very good way. Horror very vibe. very good way. Yeah. It's a horror vibe that never really feels oppressive, though. I don't think it's a synthy horror soundtrack, which I love. It's, yeah. it's great. Yeah, like John Carpenter is such a genius. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I and I couldn't not sort of tip my hat to him. That's great. Um, yeah, he's he's unbelievable. One of the things that I like about the music in the game is that like uh, it. it it doesn't. It doesn't ever feel like it's going where I expect it to go. Um, I was thinking about that. Like Maelstrom is a good example of that, where, I, where uh-huh. you listen to it and it's it's sort of bringing you along, and you it's a satisfying sound, but it's kind of not. The notes aren't hitting where I expect I would expect them to hit. I, I wonder if that's something you are consciously doing because the game is sort of that way. You don't kind of know what's going to happen next, and it's it's this very sort of strange journey. Is that something you were specifically thinking about, or is this just kind of an orga- more of an organic process than that. Yeah, I think it's uh, more organic. There's some things that we definitely tried to sort of score. There's some aspects of the game that are kind of scored, you know, where we wanted the music to hit certain points. And other times it's kind of more of a wallpaper kind of vibe. But, like, you know, we're, it's still really up front and we, it's, we still don't want it to be noticed. But uh, early on we actually tried a bunch of things where we, we were going to take, you know, one of the songs and chop it up into a million pieces and have it, um, in a bunch of loops and then sort of have it um, work out as like an adaptive score to sort of, if the player sort of crossed a certain node, you know, it would sort of trigger the next loop in the song. Mm-hmm. And if they stayed in that area for a long time, it would just like sort of loop that one for eight bars. And then if they didn't move along, you know, go to another loop. It was like sort of this like really complicated flow chart that we made. Mm-hmm. And that sort of proved really tough early on and it sort of just screwed the game up all the time. It would break or the loops wouldn't trigger. And it it was really cool to try and do. It was really complicated and maybe a little too complicated for our first game or our first attempt. But it was sort of an experiment that we really, you know, we sort of early on had this idea and really wanted to have this adaptive score, I guess. I'm not sure how, I mean, I'm sure there's, you know, I'm sure like somebody who's, who's been making games for years would be like, oh, it's easy to just do this, this, and this. But, yeah, we were sort of trying it in a way that, yeah, it just proved pretty tough. Um, so we didn't go that gun-ho on that aspect of it and um, sort of, yeah, had a bit of, a little bit of scoring. But, yeah, most of it's just sort of happenstance kind of stuff. But I tried to score the music for the scene, you know, for the vibe or whatever it is we were trying to get across in that point in the game. Well, cool. Well, uh, so now the the soundtrack is available now, right? Uh, people can buy it on iTunes. Yeah, and uh, Bandcamp mm-hmm. on uh, LP vinyl record. You can get it as well. Very cool. And the game is out too, of course. Uh, Sorry, yeah, for out, iPad. It's out on the iPad right now, and uh, the iPhone and iPod uh, version will be out. I think in like two or three weeks by the end of April for sure. Great. Well, great. Well, hey, Jim, thanks for your time. I know you're busy. you got a lot of stuff going on, but really appreciate you uh, taking the time to talk to us. Love the soundtrack uh, and the game. Thanks, guys. Thanks so much. Appreciate it. Yeah, take care, Jim. Congratulations. Okay, so we've just interviewed Jim Guthrie, uh, musician for Sword and Sorcery. A fine fellow. And uh, he was ha- kind enough to uh, forward along a couple codes to download uh, his uh, the, the soundtrack to Sword and Sorcery. So Ryan Geddes, do you want to explain sure. how this works? Okay, so uh, Jim was nice enough to provide us with a couple of codes, and these are redeemable through Bandcamp. Damon, can you tell us a little bit about what Bandcamp is? Bandcamp is a, a, a digital download service for indie musicians to, to sell their music. Uh, 
it, it's really flexible and allows musicians musicians to set the prices for their albums and individual songs to give away music for free if they want. You can always sell your music through iTunes and Amazon, but you you have no control over the prices there. Basically, that's the difference. So don't go to iTunes for this because mm-hmm. you will fail. Uh, so what you need to do is go to jimguthrie.bandcamp.com/yum to redeem these. Y U M. Yep. So it's J I M G U T H R I E. jimguthrie.bandcamp.com/yum yum. And here are the two codes to redeem. First one is 49SS-G7TH. Code number one. Code number two, 424S-3JUV. There you go. Thanks, Jim. Pleased to enjoy. The uh, the soundtrack to Sword of Sorcery is awesome. Hands yeah. down my favorite game soundtrack the last three, four, five. Yeah, it's great. I completely years. agree. It's really special, and it's the, the game is coming out soon on iPhone yes. and iPod Touch, too, so you'll be able to actually play it. But uh, yeah, grab the, uh, grab the soundtrack. It's good. Let's check in with the listeners. Hi, listeners. Listeners, remember, you can always reach us at gamescoop at IGN.com, just like Emmett Rosenbaum did. It's a good name. Emmett says, hey, guys, I heard your debate recently about Spider-Man squaring off with Batman. Here we go. You all argue that Batman is a genius without smart Spider-Man. You seem to forget that Peter Parker is also a genius, being incredibly smart on his own. Now, this is news to me. We, we talked about this the other day, Greg. Yeah. I don't think of Spider-Man as a genius. Anybody yeah, else? It's, no. it, it's because the modern interpretation of Spider-Man has lost sight of the fact that, yes, he was a, a total nerd into chemistry, into stuff like that. The old school Spider-Man, you remember, of course, he didn't have organic web shooters. He, had to, he was so scientifically gifted that he made web fluid. He knew how to make, you know, brew his own web fluid and go out and <laughs> web around that way. Yeah. But then what happened is the Tobey Maguire crybaby Spider-Man came around, and that kid was just a bump on a log. He wasn't good in anything. He was mm-hmm. a terrible person. And yeah, so no. But comic book Spider-Man, before, before Brand New Day, he made a deal with the devil, of course, and blinked out his wife. He forgot all about her, so now he's not married anymore. Uh, he was teaching chemistry for a while before the Brand New Day started, before the blink. And so he's still smart, but, but see, he's, a, he's book smart. Batman street smart. There you go. That's the end. Okay. But isn't Batman, I always think of Batman as really poorly adjusted as a person. Yeah, of course. Yeah, he doesn't know social Spider-Man skills. Spider-Man is, maybe has a higher emotional intelligence. It's because of the, you're, yes, you're 100% correct because Peter Parker is Peter Parker. The, the disguise yeah. is Spider-Man. Batman is Batman and the disguise yeah. is Bruce Wayne. When Joe Chill well, Bruce Wayne killed Thomas and Martha Wayne, Bruce Wayne died. Spoilers. Spoilers. <laughs> <laughs> uh, says, P.S. Batman and Spider-Man are from different universes. So yeah. our argument was that Batman can beat any, any superhero because he has a strategy. Yeah. So Emmett says, Batman and Spider-Man are from different universes. So if they fought, Batman wouldn't have a backup plan because he wouldn't have known Spider-Man existed. Emmett Rosenbaum, you are a moron. Of course, everyone remembers the 1994 series. I believe Marvel vs. DC, Superman squared off against the Hulk, Captain America fought Batman. Batman beat Captain America. Mm-hmm. There you go, Steve Rogers. Well, Captain America is dumb. So. Of course, he's retarded. Yeah. And not, whatever. And yeah, so there you go. Batman knows all about Spider Man. Don't worry about it, all right? And he watches the dude for two seconds. He'll know. Don't you think it would be a, a wash? Like they would just they would tie? No, that's not how. No. I just told you. He beat Captain America. And Spider-Man beat Superboy in that comic. I was very upset, but justifiable. Whatever. Rodrigo says, Hola from Monterey, Mexico. Hola! Oh, sorry. Lo siento. Mexico. Just a quick question for Damon, and a general one for whoever's with Greg and him this week. That's Levi. Number one. Hey. Get us. 
I've always wondered if DJs use pre-recorded riffs and loops on their songs, or if they come up with their own. After listening to Damon's Tokyo Game Show tune last week, I just wanted to ask if you composed every bleep and bloop on it, or some of them pre-existing ones. So don't confuse like DJing with producing. Uh, like when I'm out DJing at clubs, I'm playing like other people's songs, you know, mixed together, presented in an entertaining way. That's more about like celebrating music that already exists and packaging it together for people who want to dance and have a good time. Whereas producing is more about composing and creating new tunes. And sometimes you use samples in that. But uh, in the case of Tokyo Game Show, I, I wrote all the synth lines and programmed the drum machines and did all that on my own. When you've been out DJing, mm-hmm. have you ever dropped synthetronic sounds on a on a club? I played synthetronic sounds. Before, How'd it yeah. go over? It was people always think everyone it's, just stopped. <laughs> at they always think at first it's that other it's the song I based it on the when I hear music it oh, yeah. makes me dance. That's all. And then, then, and then they realize it's not that. Then they're like, oh, <laughs> oh man, boo! Get off the stage, you heck! <laughs> Uh, question number two from Rodrigo. Oh, that wasn't the general one. Here we go. And this will lead into Geddes' question. Bringing back the beaten to death issue on bathroom etiquette. Ooh, yeah. Where do you stand on gaming and or reading while getting your business done in the bathroom? I usually spend an extra five minutes in there because I have a magazine rack to entertain myself, and I can't leave an article unfinished. Sometimes I take my iPad, iPhone, or PSP in there, or use the extra time to catch up on some book reading, too. Rodrigo, I'm totally there with you. I actually cannot sit there and not do anything. I have to have something to read or, or, or do. This brings up a, not, not my original question, but another general problem is if you have something too interesting, you have the legs falling asleep yep. problem. Yep. Yeah. And, you know, there, there comes a point at which you have to make a decision. Like, am I going to sit here and just let my legs fall completely asleep or am I going to, like, get up and actually get some shit done? Uh, sometimes I don't know how we make – our lives are so difficult. <laughs> I know, right? Well, I think we agree it's okay to bring multimedia devices into the bathroom with you question. as long as you're at home. Is that a male thing? Do women do this too? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yes, they do. Okay. So I have another question that I've been wanting to, to bring up. Speaking of the bathroom stuff, this is along the same lines as is it okay to bring your beer into the bathroom with you if you're at a bar or something, which mm-hmm. we all Pride decided was a, to- was a totally fine thing to do. No, we did not uh, decide that. The other question is, okay. for the record, I've stopped doing it since Thank this you. happened. <laughs> you're, Thank you. But at, it's usually because I'm not drinking with Damon. I'm like, hold this. <laughs> and you know he's going to just glare at you the whole night if you don't do it. Uh, so you're at, you're at work. <laughs> Or you're at, you know, a restaurant or bar or whatever. Okay. You got to go to the bathroom. Of course. You go into the bathroom. You're at the urinal. You're sitting there doing your business, and you decide, you know what? I'm not sitting I'm just, at the urinal. I'm just going to pull out my phone and and sort of check ah. Twitter or check my email with one hand while I'm peeing with the other hand. Is this okay behavior or not? I wouldn't think so. I wouldn't. Do I it, hope yeah. it's okay because I've done it. Oh. I'm not saying I've never done it. I'm sure there's been a time where I've done it. But you're I sure think... there has been, or you know there has been? I, I'm not. I do not know. Okay. I, but it sounds like something I would have done before, but I can tell you most time I would not do it. The catch is don't ever, while well, mid-process, switch hands. No, no, no. No, yeah. no, 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 no. The no, weenus no. hand cannot the, touch the phone the hand. Streams. I mean, like, like, okay, so your hand is your, your, your phone hand is clean, you think. You put the f- hand in the pocket to bring out the clean phone. You look at the phone. You put it back in. This hand has not touched anything bad. So why is it bad to check your phone in the in the bathroom? Is it well, just is it just douchey? What yeah, what what, it, what, yeah. what can you accomplish on the phone in the time that you're peeing? I don't know, you could check, you could flip through Twitter really quickly and see some stuff. I asked because I saw somebody doing this in the office the other day and I was like, I've never seen anybody do that before. So I don't know if, if it's just me I'll tell you, or if I'm like if I'm thinking it's weird or I think it's weird. 
I, I don't. I don't think it's weird. But it's just yeah, I want to do it. R- it's like you, it's wrong. I, you, you find a lot of weird stuff in the bathroom. The other, <laughs> the other day, everybody knows the Superman pose with his hands on his hips like this. Walked in somebody peeing like this in the urinal. <laughs> Walked in like, and when we're off air, I'll tell you who it was. But oh, yeah. <laughs> I was like, well, okay, yeah, cool. That's weird. <laughs> well, maybe that person doesn't get a lot of stuff done that they can be proud of in a day's work. So that's their moment to kind of really feel like they're it looked, accomplishing something. It looked something. very relaxing. Like I've, I've thought about trying it somewhere else when I'm alone. What about, maybe uh, that's it too. I walked in class. the middle behind the head that'd yeah, be a good I one too from a hammock <laughs> <laughs> I, I'd be curious what the listeners think about, about yeah, let the, us the know. phone thing so. another thing that bugs me I have a lot of bathroom pet peeves another thing that, that bugs me is the really loud peer the guy who goes up to the urinal and he's like uh, <laughs> oh yeah <sighs> maybe I just like take a couple more bathroom breaks during the day oh, if it's geez, that much man. of a release to go into the bathroom Levi, you're being oddly quiet on this issue. I have many bathroom issues. You know the one that gets me? Uh, it's at urinals. Is uh, you you go and you step and you look down and there's just hair all over it. Uh, you're just like, yeah. are you are you are you are you pulling Shedding it out that fast it? and hard that you're like? <laughs> I don't think I've noticed That's that. Really that gross. Yeah, the pee on the floor always grosses me out too. Well, yeah. Then it gets, it's not it's, that hard. It, it steadily gets farther and farther, and then you have to comply too. You're just getting farther back too. You're like, oh, I don't step in this. Uh, this is Andrew Goldfarb. Oh, well, big time MyGN user. He's the one who was on uh, The Office and Thirty Rock. Or, I'm sorry, Thirty Rock and in a whole bunch of movies and Sherlock Holmes. Friend of the, the show. Yeah, sorry. This is an actor, famous actor. No, he's a he's a he's a famous my IGN user. He's a background. He was a background actor for like five years. Oh, cool. An extra. Yeah, exactly. Says I was recently playing through Mass Effect 2's Arrival DLC. Came across my biggest gaming pet peeve. Uh oh. A battle that you have to lose in order to continue the story. I hate this gameplay mechanic since I always fall for it and end up struggling for way too long, only to find out that I should have just let myself die. Just curious to see what you guys think of games that do this, and if you think of any particularly frustrating examples. Um, if, they, if the game is smart, it won't let you, like. Get too far into it. It'll just kill you. It'll, like, the boss will be so overpowered, it'll well, destroy you with yeah. one hit or something. My annoyance with that is not that I wasted my time. It's that in a game where resources are scarce, which is a lot of games, mm. like you have a, a certain amount of ammo or health packs or energy or whatever, you waste all that stuff thinking yeah. you can try to win the, the situation. And then mm. you realize, oh, crap. I, I, had I no think the unwinnable it. boss battle at the beginning of the game as kind of like the active oh. tutorial, I'm fine with. But mm. yeah, if, if it was something mid midway through, that would be... That'd be a frustrating... When I run into a boss like that, or a boss I think could be that, I usually just let myself lose. Because I'm usually like, well, this is probably something I can't beat. Oh, no, I'm supposed to beat that. You mm. know what I mean? Like, instead of using all my potions or whatever. Okay. Yeah, I, uh, I, I just thought of Halo Reach, because that's a time at the very, very... Well, spoilers. Spoiler alert if you haven't played the end of Halo Reach for the next 10 seconds. You know, when your guy dies at the end, and you have to fight your way out. You know, but there's no way to win. Because the, the story of Reach is, is doomed anyway. Yeah. 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 I uh, just noticed I like your socks. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Uh, this is Kells McLaren. Kells, I kind of like that name. Mm. I was wondering if you guys have access to all the pre-order bonuses in your review builds. No. Um, no, but we should. We totally should. No, because you want to you be reviewing from the base experience. Yeah, but we, I mean, it'd be nice to be able to tell people like what's worth pre-ordering. And what's what's a feature afterwards? Like, we got well, like L.A. Noir, where you, know, you only get one of should. the episodes by ordering pre-ordering from Walmart. One of the most annoying annoying aspects of modern gaming. I agree. Retail-specific pre-order bonuses. So dumb. Eventually, they come out for everything, but yeah. yeah. That's really weird for L.A. Noir, a game like L.A. Noir, to, to partner with Walmart, Walmart <laughs> to do a, a, an exclusive mission in the game, right? And is that really going to get people to buy at Walmart instead yeah. of somewhere else? People who are going to buy games at Walmart are probably already going to buy their games at Walmart. And their aluminum siding. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, Andrew Elmore wants to know, what are some of the Scoop Crew's favorite movies? And what on earth does Mr. Hatfield see in Jackie Brown that he doesn't see in, say, Reservoir Dogs? Andrew, I never said I didn't like Reservoir Dogs. That's a weird one. That's a weird th- I know. snowball to throw at you. I know. It's really weird. I, Tarantino's my favorite director. I love all of his movies. Um, only one of his... He's only made one movie which whose title is a, a girl's name, though. So I couldn't name... I wasn't going to name my cat Reservoir Dogs. <laughs> That'd be awesome if you did. <laughs> hey, Reservoir Dogs, come here. J- my cat is a sassy black lady, so I named her Jackie Brown. It made perfect sense. I almost watched that the other day. It's on my queue. I'm going to get to it's it. It's very, very good. I know. But speaking of favorite movies, last night... It's not one of my favorite movies, but I watched an, a classic movie. I watched Short Circuit last night. Oh, it's very, It holds up really well. It's very Need entertaining. More input. <laughs> I, what, my favorite thing is every time he's like upset about something he goes i think i'm gonna start doing that every time you annoy me i I like his expressive eyebrow plates that he has what wally was a total riff off totally yeah johnny five yeah yeah. we need are they bringing that back is that one has that been greenlit a new short circuit i don't know gutenberg back short circuit is on uh, netflix instant streaming listeners if you haven't seen it i highly recommend it i'm hoping that next uh short circuit 2 will be will be available in streaming because that's that is another that's a dynamite movie you know? i need a hero <laughs> his battery's bleeding it's <laughs> amazing about um uh, about short circuit of course steve gutenberg is in it yeah oh, yes. steve gutenberg uh Famous, one of his most famous movies, Police Academy. Yeah, and the the mean sergeant from Police Academy is also in Short Circuit. Yeah, yeah. I had totally forgotten that. He's playing the tra- same exact character. He's trying to track down uh, Jenny. Yeah. right? Yeah. it was so amazing. That's great. I'm sure they'll reboot it with like Will Smith's kid. Oh god. Oh, did you have you seen the Karate Kid reboot? No, it's so boring. It, it is. It doesn't awful. exist to me. It's awful, <laughs> and it's not about karate. Yeah, kung fu. Well, right? it's, in it's kung fu. It's in China. Yeah. It's stupid. Yeah, I, I, watched I saw it, it on an airplane. I saw it on a plane, too. Yeah. I, I didn't think it was terrible. I just thought it was straight boring. Yeah, just it was like, yeah. really bad. You know, Kung Fu Kid, it's a Master System game. Oh, yeah. yeah. I was talking about some Master System last night. Ghost nice. House, Ghostbusters. Yeah. Uh, but uh, other favorite movies, we mentioned John Carpenter's The Thing earlier in the show. Love That's it. easily one of my favorite movies. I'm a big Kubrick fan, so I, I love uh, 2001. Eyes Wide Shut. Eyes yeah. Wide Shut. This is okay. I've actually never seen Eyes Wide Shut. It's not that great. But uh, yeah, Doctor Strange Love and all that stuff. I, I'm a big big Stanley Kubrick fan. Uh, r- recent favorite movies. I, I do like um, The Social Network. Which Social Damon Network is now one of my favorite movies. I yeah. uh, really like that one. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm blanking on a lot of stuff. Ghostbusters, Small Rats. Small Rats, huh? Yeah. It's it's one of those touchstone movies. Like it encompasses so much. You figure back in the day, the internet wasn't huge. So you, if you were a comic nerd, video game person like myself, you felt mm-hmm. very very much alone in that kind of world. Mm, yeah. So then to have Brody be there, you're like, I'm Brody. <laughs> I can Speaking have of, sex with Shannon Dorothy. <laughs> Speaking of like feeling alone, like I, I felt bad. Like so last night when I we started watching Short Circuit, I posted on Facebook that that's what I was doing. I said I'm po- watching Short Circuit with my girlfriend. Yeah. And uh, I got comments on 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 that status update, and a couple of my friends on Facebook were like sounds nice dot 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 in bracket lonely oh. <laughs> and like more like more than one person did that I was like man I feel bad you don't you feel bad so. listeners yeah you're, you're our friends you know that like, reach out to us anytime my uh, IGN, we're always there for you here's a hug yeah, uh-huh. we're hugging you right now with our legs favorite movie now though, my man. hand is going south uh, <laughs> <laughs> absolute favorite is uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark oh that but some of my other favorites what about are Christian Skull uh, no. <laughs> uh, Close Encounters, Third oh, Kind, yeah. uh, Annie Hall, and mm. uh, Sweet Smell of Success. I don't know that one. Sweet Smell of Success. It's uh, Tony Curtis, uh, Burt Lancaster. It's a black and white. It is old. Uh, some of the best movie dialogue, though, I've ever heard. Huh. 
You see? I'm also a big fan of Blade Runner, of course. Never seen the it. director's Which cut? cut? Did the you director's like the director's cut? cut? No. Is that the one that ends with, well, spoilers, but... Yeah, no spoilers. Okay. So that's, that, that's the one, though. Okay. Um, this listener would like Greg to butcher his name. You got it, listener. <laughs> Hello, my name is Gerg Schoonsaxerson. <laughs> I think he's German. He says, I was just wondering, what's your favorite handheld of all time? Mine is personally the Game Boy Advance. I would say the Game Boy Advance SP... Oh, the, that's a solid pick. The one, the one that was uh, modeled after the Famicom, the old NES. That that, that system was so awesome. slick. It was great. I loved to flip it up, playing Mario vs. Donkey Kong in that thing. DS Lite. Yeah, and the DS Lite is also the best one. It's not the Game Gear. Is anyone going to say the I Game Gear? I was going to say Game no, Gear. <laughs> another, another one just based on the memories of it all. Yeah. You know what I mean? Honestly, I've never had a handheld I think that's perfect. You know what I mean? Like I love DS. I mean, aside from the PSP Go. No, PSP Go is not perfect, surprisingly. You know what I mean? Like, I've never found one that I thought was the it fit all my needs. And the Game Gear was just so great because it was so crazy. Because it was you had this, you had the color screen. It was huge. It ate batteries. You could get a TV tuner for the fucking thing. I had a, a laptop, or not a laptop case, but like a camera bag that you had the Game Gear in there and all these cards. Who wants to play Batman Returns? Who wants to play Alien Three? I got everything. Like that was just a goofy system, and I loved it. Do you have any games that weren't based on movies? Uh, I don't know if the, how many there were, but I'm sure I did. Yeah. See, I, I have a lot of like I remember having a ton of Genesis games, a lot of Master System games, lots of set. But like, did you have the yeah. Master System adapter for oh, your yeah. Game Gear? Uh, it yeah. sounds like yeah, you were kind of a spoiled brat. I was totally. He's an totally, only child. Yeah, an only child. I was totally an only child. Yeah. I'll never forget that the day I learned not everyone lived like that <laughs> because I had a fr- I, I, you're pure on mission in Africa. Uh, my my mom had her you know one of her best friends from high school come over and she brought her little son and we, he's I'm like you want to play games? He's like sure. And we went up there. He's like oh you got a Genesis? I'm like yeah I got a whole bunch of games and I. I had like a little cabinet, like the size of like a mini fridge. It wasn't a mini fridge, but like a cabinet like that. And I opened the door. He's like, he flipped out. He's like, you remember Genesis game? I was like, I do. <laughs> then we played Jurassic Park. Oh, you only had movie games. No, okay. Well, again, you're, you know, I had many other games. I had the Double Dragons on the Master Systems, the Ghost Houses. Speaking of Jurassic Park, new Jurassic Park game coming out April 19th. That snuck up. I thought that had, yeah. had a longer yeah. lead time. Me too. I didn't I, think that was coming up so soon. Surprising. Greg Miller's reviewing that one. Yep. We haven't heard Levi's favorite handheld. Oh, no, yeah. easily the Game Boy Advance SP. That so was followed by oddly enough, the, uh, the iPhone. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. That's it. Yeah. I, I didn't even think about that one. But. Game Gear. Not a good name. No. Game Gear? No. But no. was Game Boy a good name? Well, I was wondering that too, and I, I, I think so, but maybe not. I mean, I like obviously, that, at that time period, the word gear was kind of cool, though. People were using it a lot for like marketing. Is, is, is that just me, or does it seem like? I, I don't. I wasn't looking into the marketing materials when I. Was <laughs> well, now that IGN gear is becoming IGN tech, the gear is officially not cool anymore. No, lame. This is Gustav. Gustav. First off, thanks. Should have been game Gustav. Gadget. First off, <laughs> thanks for the awesome podcast and the work you do. You guys. Make my days and my soul-killing job so much oh, easier. His job sad. kills his soul? Poor guy. Here's my question. I'm from Sweden. Mercy GameSpot. So English isn't uh, my first language. You stole the jokes in my head. <laughs> I'm from Sweden. English isn't my first language. However, however, I went to college for two years in Lindsberg, Kansas. Kansas girls equal yum-yum. Yeah, I agree with that. So I like to think dumb as bricks. <laughs> I like to think that I don't exactly suck at English. I'm interested in buying Scribblenauts 2 for DS, but since it is so heavily focused on language and combining different words, do you think it's a suitable game for someone whose first language isn't English? Well, Might be a good learning tool. Yeah, for, so two comments. First of all, it's it's 
I loved Super Scribblenauts. Gave it a, I think I gave it a 9.0 on IGN. However, it is, you know, largely aimed at like a younger gamer. So you can you can solve the puzzles with with you know a high schooler's vocabulary. I think mm-hmm. it sounds like he, if he can write this email, yeah. he lived in Kansas for two years. I bet he has enough vocabulary to get around this. But also in sweet in Sweden, do they not translate? games there into, into Swedish like when you buy games in Sweden are they in English I don't know how does this work I don't know I know that like localization is expensive so mm. they're not going to localize into every language yeah. I guess only huge games probably get mm. get localized into languages like that but yeah, I'm interested to hear from people usually it's what French German Spanish Japanese Japanese yeah Australian yeah oh <laughs> Uh, just a couple more emails here. It says, uh, this is Adam Willis. It says, I'm from... What you talking about, Willis? Plymouth. I'm from Plymouth in the UK. Been listening for a year now. This is my first time writing in. I'm going to say you guys put on a bloody fantastic show. There's no need for that kind of language. <laughs> also, Plymouth, I'm pretty sure, is in the United States, not England. It's a rock. We landed yeah, on it. hello. It's an old Native land American term. <laughs> Speaking of, I don't know if you saw, I, I mentioned this on Twitter after this happened. I was flying home from Boston for PAX East. They played uh, uh, the King's Speech mm-hmm. on, the, on, the, on the plane. Wonderful movie. But, of course, they bleep out swear words on, on, on planes. they bleep out bloody? They bleeped out every instance of bloody. Wow, I swear. Which is bizarre because that is not a, a swear word in the U.S., but I'm on a U.S. flight. What do yeah. you do in England if, like, you cut yourself and things are bloody? Do you just <laughs> not say it? Like, what? I can't stand... How is a word that could also uh, be used in normal circumstances? Well, I mean, it's the same thing with like pussy willow. Or when you're talking, you're talking about a cat. You pussy. They're allowed to yeah. say that. Please don't say, say that kind of thing on, on a podcast, Greg. <laughs> I guess obviously didn't listen to yesterday's Beyond. <laughs> <laughs> okay, anyway. Adam says, like many of your listeners and readers, I eat, sleep, and breathe video games. Actually, I, don't, I do not believe video games are edible. Unfortunately, not many, <laughs> not many of my buds are as passionate about this most prestigious of hobbies. I like the idea of a British guy saying buds. That's pretty good. I've set up my IGN profile. My, my IGN profile. would like to know what's the best way to interact with fellow listeners and readers. Just today, I finished my first blog post. Hope people will have the time to give it a read and post some thoughts. My IGN name is Revo Zero. Greg, you're you're very active on the my IGNs. I am. It's a great community. Mm-hmm. Uh, keep blogging, comment on other people's stuff. Yes, that's Com- the key. Yeah, you got. Don't uh, just write your own stuff and expect other people to comment. Exactly, because the most you know the ways it happens is you go comment on somebody's wall or on their blog, and then they click back to look at your stuff. Then they follow you. It shows you're being followed. Stuff like that. Be part of that community. If you're really active, he says he doesn't have many buzz. There's a great community of kids on there who are chatting it up, doing the tiny chats, getting on there. You hook up with a uh, Sarah Strick- Sarah Strickland, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, mushrooms, mm-hmm. mush underscore rooms there on the Twitter. Uh, knocking Boots official girlfriend. Correct. Uh, you can find Javi on there. There's plenty of people Walter. that I hook up with. Walter Lopez, Snack Pack. Mm-hmm. I'm on there. Just find me. Greggy-IGN. People.IGN.com slash Greggy-IGN. Adam says, P.S. Who would win in a fight between Damon and Greg? Oh, me. Yeah, Greg. No, Greg's like twice my size. He would go into he a would berserker gr- He would gorilla rage. pound me into a pulse. <laughs> yeah. the, the thing I got going is that I don't have anything to protect. The, the face? No, don't worry about it. Like, I, I'm going to fight dirty. If we get a fight too and you want to go fisticuffs, I'm tackling. I'm tackling yeah. and I, I think I got a better chance on the ground gouging at the eyes. You could probably just for balls. wrap him in your arms and just kind of slowly squeeze like a boa constrictor <laughs> yeah, yeah. until his head pops just off. Just love and him then you, would, you would, And then you would disconnect your jaw and you'd swallow me whole. I always want you inside me. Uh, forever. <laughs> Uh, finally, here Graham Turner uh, has sent along uh, something to show his appreciation for pictures. the yeah for the appreciation yeah. for the podcast. As many a dreary workdays have been brightened by your show, he's created this artwork. 
yeah. Now he did one for Greg Miller too wow. recently yeah, yeah. too. So he's done this uh, artwork. It, it, it's it's kind of a it's me. It's a and I'm hanging out with these hot girls and it says Holy Balls at the top. It says Fly You Fools. Eight Bit Radio. So it's kind of uh, some of the in jokes from the show. But some of this uh, copy that he's written over here is kind of uh, interesting. I think maybe. Are you going to embed this in the article for people to see? Yeah. Yeah, we'll do that too. Does he make up a bio for you? Yeah, so this is a bio for me written by. Would you? I don't. Know, would you read this? You want me to read this? Okay. Yeah, I didn't want to read it myself. Besides the fact that Damon has the second greatest job on planet Earth, bested only by a professional puppy petter, he has that job. mysterious ethnicity that makes the ladies crumble. Seriously, what the fuck is he? Polish? Doubtful. Russian? Maybe. South American? Holy shit! Is Damon Argentinian? Fucking a! How do you compete with that? I'm just a white guy. You don't. All us dirds. There's an asterisk there. Dirt noun. A combination of douche and nerd. <laughs> Or dick and nerd, or dork and nerd, and blah, 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 blah. Really? All you can do is bask in the glory that is Damon. He's a DJ, salubrously sampling something, something. He goes to foreign SoCal cities and picks up hot hoes. I'm not going to stroke his ego anymore, no, I, I, I can't, I can't I, do this. Well, I, that's why I didn't want to read it myself. Yeah. Anyway, I, I wanted to. I, I was appreciative of Graham, so I wanted to. Yeah, Graham, uh, he put together quite a little package there. Yeah. That's really good art. I like the art yeah, a lot. It's nice. And he did one for you, too, right? He did, yes. I don't have it with me. Oh, you didn't get one, Ryan? Oh, maybe that's why I'm bitter. <laughs> Graham, please do one for Ryan. Get us next. Yeah. Made for la- yeah, make it made for lava, though, Ryan. Make, my ethnicity is not doubtful. Lava. I'm, it's lava. It's not what? I might, he says your ethnicity is doubtful. He doesn't know what your ethnicity is. Which but. is, it's not. Is it, I'm just a white guy, right? Yeah, I don't, I don't know why that's a mystery. But. I'm a white guy, right? Uh, before we go, Greg is fired up about something. All right. He's pissed off. He needs to tell the world what he thinks. This is going to be a little bit more low-key rant. Because yeah? I, I have respect for the person who is wrong. slow me, burn. But I am upset. <laughs> well, as these things go, you're gonna, we're going to give you 60 seconds to tell the world what you think. Tell a specific individual what you think. Are you ready to do this? I'm ready. And... Go. Mr. Tech Nine, my name is Greg Miller. I went to school at Mizzou, and I'm a big fan. I was there when one of your posse members got arrested for tapping on a window with a fake gun. That's another story entirely. Big fan. I enjoy your, your stance on ass, asses hopping and trying to orgasm onto a woman's tattoo. So I can connect with your music, and I thought we were on the same page about everything. You know, we both come from the, in Missouri there. You're Casey Mo, I'm Como. It's all good. We get together. We just go, hey, bro, what's up? And we do the head... Tried to make caribou loose, sir. Decided I want to have the beverage you talk about. 151 rum, pineapple juice, Malibu. Going to make it for Levi's final day here. Very excited. Woke up early, went to the Safeway, got the pineapple juice. Thought $7 a bottle was a bit high, but I did it. Got Malibu rum, sure, 20 bucks, no big deal. 151 rum is $30, sir. Why do you act like you're poor in your songs? You talk about being poor and having a mohawk and crazy. But you're, you're, you've wronged me, Tech Nine. You're not one of us anymore. You live in your ivory tower. And scene. A spirited rant from our own Greg Miller. Oh, wow, I had no idea that uh, 151 rum was such a. I don't. Is there, uh, is there only shelf. one kind? <laughs> and it, and also, literally on the top shelf. Yeah. I never understood that reference until I found the one bottle of 151 rum for 30 bucks. So you feel like Tet Nine is betraying the, uh, his, the, his roots, the streets that he came from. His song is about uh, him and his friend invented it before they. Before it's like you know they invented it years before he was even rapping on the album I'm listening to. Yeah. Which it, he hadn't blown up yet. Yeah. You know he says on the album many people it's hard to go somewhere and not have somebody not know Tet Nine. I know. Uh, obviously. But what are these people? What, what Can kind I of, put forward a theory? What kind of jobs do they have they, beforehand where they're going <laughs> he out? He and his friends might have stolen some, some 151 rum. Is there only one kind? Maybe they came by it illegally. 
I, I went to the bottom shelf and looked for other ones. And <laughs> then, I'm, like, 151 is, is that the, just the proof? Yes. The, okay. And I'm only finding, like, 40 proof down there. I'm like, oh, this is not going well. And I thought, well, I'm like, well, maybe I can just get some Captain's Morgans. And I'll bring that. Was, but that was all spiced. They didn't just have – I'm just looking for a label that said rum. <laughs> just rum and yeah, nothing. Well, I mean, can't a caribou just kind of be, you know, rum and pineapple juice? I mean, does it have to be the one – do you have to have the 151 well, that, in there? According to the, the recipe I found online, that was the one the, – the, the 151 is what sneaks up you on you. you got to have that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, and also, Mr. Tech Nine, I'm a big fan. Like I said, I would prefer another version of the Caribou Lou song though, where you give out quantities. You just say two parts or one rum, pineapple juice. It's true. Malibu. Is there important Caribou, details? Get them all numb. You need to know. I and wanted to get numb today, and instead I just bought two dozen donuts because <laughs> I was like, well, twelve bucks I can swing. Tech Nine is coming to San Francisco in June, late June. All right. So Greg and I here? will go. We're not like and there's no show Comic-Con later June, so okay. I think we can go. Okay, let's go. So let's try to hook up with Tech Nine. I want to have a caribou Lee with him, and we need to sh- share a floor door with him. You see, you're missing the easy thing to do. What you just said it. We'll, we will go hook this up. Tech Nine will be here. Mark your calendars, everyone, for a knockin' boots where yes. we will drink caribou Lou's and Tech Nine or in uh, floor door. All right, the campaign to get Tech Nine on knocking boots starts now and begin. <laughs> That's all the scoops we have for you this week. Thank you, Ryan. Thank, Thank you, Greg. You. Levi Buchanan, I cannot tell you how much I'm going to miss you. Thank we you. I love you. Yeah. I love you guys, too. Yeah. The listeners are going to miss you, too. But we're happy for you. Yeah. Thank we're you. We're really happy for I'm you. I'm not that happy. Yeah, me either. If you, if you, I hope you uh, live up to your word and do not become a stranger. Absolutely not. Port Ghost House. Because we're not allowed to, yeah. to talk to strangers. I know. You guys mean way, way too much to me. <sighs> and... <sighs> Thank you all. Uh, this is IGN Games Cube, and we're out. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.